to the Aka Outreach Foundation. And it wasn't an easy decision. It's something I wrestled with God on. And he confirmed it over and over that that's the direction that we were supposed to be. And that's where we we're supposed to go during this season. Yeah, so faithfully we waited, you know. Uh, we just knew that we were supposed to be there and um, to serve. However, we were, you know, we were asked to serve. We didn't know exactly, you know. We didn't have any pinpoints. But we just knew we were supposed to be there. And all the while waiting on God. And he would just grow us and direct us for more. Um, God, of course, knew that we needed to mature a bit. Um, we needed to sit under some good authority and leadership. And um, he was so gracious with us. Uh, and, and also we needed the time to just be immersed in the language and the culture in Chiang Rai, Thailand. Um, it's been a process of learning uh, to set our hearts to just really pay attention to God, um, to what he was already doing um, and what he wanted us to join in on. Uh, what he's revealed to us bit by bit. And we realized um, along the way, of course, that whatever the Lord was leading us to, he would need to bring us through as well. So <laughs> uh, the Lord showed us year by year and trial by trial uh, that we really needed to grasp a deeper understanding of um, family and his love for us, um, what that really meant. Um, ultimately, you know, our family as his family, and not making the separation or the distinction. Um, so our time on the field has been amazing and equally as difficult. <laughs> um, we moved there. It was 24-7. We were like, gung-ho, go, 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 uh, serve, serve, serve for God. And it was awesome um, with us. And we had have two kids. When we moved there, Lily was two, um, Brexton was seven. Um, she is now seven, and Brexton, our son, is now uh, 12. And uh, we lived there on site, uh, children's home, uh, Bible seminary, and it, we always had no less than 100 people around us at all times. And um, again, I grew up on the farm, so I could go a week or so without seeing another person, <laughs> except the my farm parents. Farm in South Dakota. Yeah, farm in South Dakota. So. Uh, that was a bit of a shift for us. And, but in the midst of our first year of just like giving it all for God um, and having, you know, numerous difficulties in transition and cultural adjustments, you know, God really took me aside and I felt him speak clearly to me. Um, you know, Victoria, you need to focus on your family. So I'm like, okay, you know, share with Jeremy. And we're like, okay, I think we're doing that. You know, I don't really know what exactly. And so we just kept on ongoing. And into our year two, it was increasingly more difficult, more culture things, more marriage issues we would uh, come against, and with our children especially. Uh, just a lot of culture shock, a lot of transition, and a lot of um, forgetting them when we would go for ministry kind of, kind of stuff. And it really took its toll. And God took me aside again, and this time he said, Victoria, you need to slow down and take care of your family. And so, you know, I share with Jeremy, and he's like, yeah, but we didn't sell everything in America and move to Thailand just to live here. You know, and I was like, gosh, but, you know, we didn't move here to die here. <laughs> so uh, we still just dug into ministry and, and sought advice and, and still just went full force, you know, clinging to God, but also... Um, clinging to 
what we thought was the work of the ministry also, uh, of what we were supposed to do. You know, but year three, it was like death was at our door. Three years into it, our children, our marriage, um, I had some major physical um, issues, um, uh, a spiritual mental health. It was just like nearly ashes. Like we just tanked. And um, God in his love <laughs> took me aside again and very firmly said to me, Victoria, if you don't stop, you're going to be stopped. And I didn't like that. <laughs> um, the lifestyle we were living was not one of longevity. It, it was a dangerous sprint. And I knew I was called. I knew we were called to live for God for the long run. Um, but what I was hearing from God and what I felt like we were supposed to do didn't, didn't match up, didn't align. Um, so I, I really dug my heels in, you know, I... We're both pretty stubborn. That's how we've been married 18 years already. <laughs> We're real stubborn. Dug my heels in and, and you know, poured into our relationship, really poured into our kids. And um, again, more uh, fellowship with people around us and um, just really worked on rebuilding and solidifying our relationship. Not one bit of it was easy. Um, not one bit of it felt like ministry. I, I quit. I quit ministry um, after my third year there. And I moved there to do ministry. <laughs> it was my dream ever since I was like 10 years old. Before I even knew Jesus, I knew I wanted to go and I wanted to serve. <laughs> and, but God was telling me, take care of your family first. And it just was such a collision of opposites, it seemed, in my mind. But, uh, so I stepped back. Jeremy continued on with the ministry, and I just, you know, um, just became a mom, and just started homeschooling, and I didn't know what to do with that just stuff. I didn't know how to just be a mom, and just rest in God, and just seek God, and just seek his face, you know. Um, I didn't get a pat on the back at the end of the day for any of that stuff, and, uh, you know, when you work, you can have a checklist, and you can get things done, and, and feel like you're making progress, you know, but I knew that I really just wanted to do whatever God wanted me to do. And um, uh, we needed to get a grasp on this family thing. And, and God was very firm in speaking and gentle in speaking that to us. And we've learned and we're still learning. <laughs> we are such a work in progress. And uh, that it's not about uh, what I want to do for God, but it's about what I get to do with God. And like Victoria said, the Lord started speaking to us with greater vision and purpose almost immediately once we arrived in Thailand five years ago. But we needed to wait on him to release us and, and for ourselves to mature and understand before we could be released. See, God started working in our hearts, preparing us for more. And the one thing with my wife, by the way, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday! She usually almost always hears God long before I hear her. And that's just how it is. And she started saying, God's asking us for more right after we got there. And I'm just like, really? I'm like, God, we just moved here. How could you possibly be asking me for more, right? I mean, we sold everything. But we realized that we needed to seek God, not just so that he would get, not just so that we would get answers or blessings or healing, but simply for pure intimacy with him. Our life and our call in the kingdom is truly defined by relationships. 
And in, in about a year plus, about a year ago, we felt God release us from the foundation. Um, I didn't want to move. I could feel God bringing a new realization to my heart. But honestly, I was scared. I wrestled with God on this. I argued with God on this. But he confirmed it over and over that our time there was ending. And we just needed to be obedient to what he was telling us to do and take that step of faith, and then he would open the next door in what we need in the direction we were going. And one thing, I started to get comfortable at the foundation. I loved it. It's a great ministry, a very fruitful ministry. We get a work permit and a visa to stay in the country. We see miracles happening. We have routines. So why would we leave? Well, God said to. He said it was time. And the, the one thing about this, we farmed, okay? We live in the middle of South Dakota on a farm. We raise cattle. I'd sit in a tractor all day. I'm a very simple man. And God called us to the mission field, and I'm just like, really, God? Me? We're just simple. You know, I don't have any formal training or anything. And God had to move mountains and speak clearly to me to get me to sell everything in America to move to Thailand. And we're in this transition now, and I was like, God, you're going to have to speak very clearly and move a lot of mountains if you're going to get me to leave the foundation, because I'm not just going to get up and go unless you're telling me to. But God was patient and persistent in showing me the many ways and confirming the way we should go. And most importantly, though, he was working on my heart relationship with him, my intimacy with him, and understanding who I am and how I was designed to function in his kingdom with my unique giftings and talents and callings. And one thing that's really interesting is I love fitness. It's like the passion of mine. And I always go running, exercising. I got into racing, running marathons, ultra marathons, adventure races, these mud obstacle races. In fact, I, I think you guys might have seen me one time, but my face was on this great big billboard for all these races. Here's this an American guy on this billboard, like 20 foot by 30 foot billboard all over town. And I'm just like, why am I up there? But I build these natural relationships with people. We share a Facebook account. And every time she'd get on, she's like, who are you friending on Facebook? I don't know any of these people. I'm like, oh, that's the person I met while I was out running here. These are the people I met while I was at this race here. And the one time I was out running, I meet this guy and he's running and we start talking and he's like, yeah, I'm training for this marathon. I'm like, hey, I'm training for a race too. And he invites me to come running with him the following weekend. Building those relationships just became so natural to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for years I was just amazed at how he could, I still am, he can just befriend others. And I kind of hang out and then like wait, wait for my opportunity to come on in and and make friends, you know. Um, But he also has these natural athletic talents that I you know, just watch and cheerlead him on from the background. And um, it, it just seemed so obvious to me that that was like his natural gift, his natural like place of resonance with what God was doing, you know. And um, it, he could totally minister out of that. And so I'd also, for years, I'd just be like, babe, you know, I'd, I'd see him go and try and do, and do ministry and do really well. There isn't much that he does that he doesn't do really well at, but he'd come back just exhausted or kind of burnt out or frustrated or something, you know, but when he does races and, and ministers, not even knowing that he's ministering to people, um, out of that, he's like filled up and vibrant and, you know, he did this 75K and he comes back with more energy after 75K than he does after one day, you know, of working. And I'm like, babe, that's your gift. That's 
God's placement for you, that's your church, is out there. And he's like, no, nah, that's not, you know, that's, that's where I fill up and that's how I rest. It's not work, you know, it can't be ministry. And, you know, I just really believe that um, God doesn't separate the passions in our hearts. You know, that the passion in our heart, no matter what it is, um, is meant to align with the passion that Christ has for his people. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so I realized that I had a totally uh, false, off-kilter mindset of what ministry looked like. I put ministry in a box. I was like, nope, this is what it has to look like. You have to do it a specific, certain way. And I was just far too interested in pleasing people, maybe even people back home, you know, and doing ministry that I thought would please people or that they wanted to see a missionary do. But first, I had the head knowledge, but then it had to sink into the heart. And having that revelation, and I needed that to sink in as we were le- as I was leading and guiding my family in the direction we're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aka Outreach, uh, a J Pastor J teaches about head to heart to hands. You know, like you can have it in your head, and it doesn't do you any good until it gets to your heart. But that still only goes so far because how can you help someone with just your heart? Like, what can you do with like just your heart? You got to have your hands to be able to help someone. So um, we realized, you know, and, it, and God is so gracious, we realized that although AOF has amazing works um, that we could always be a part of, and, and they tell us, come back anytime, you know, we love you, we miss you, come back anytime, and, you know, uh, but God opened our eyes to um, seeing what other people maybe don't see and doing what other people um, maybe have overlooked. We recognize and honor all the ministries that are already there. There's huge ministries to hill tribe people and to rescue ministries. Um, But in northern Thailand, uh, there isn't a whole lot reaching out to the Thai people. And Thailand is less than 1% Christian. The hill tribe, the Aka people, are upwards to 40% Christian, which is amazing and and largely due to AOF. Um, So we felt God saying, hey, you see the people that are right in front of you reach out to them, reach out to that 1%, reach out to the Thai people, whoever I put in front of you, meet them where they're at, as they are. Um, You know, like I said earlier, what God leads you to, he leads you through. And um, I was just listening to, we were listening to a book by Dr. Jonathan Welton the other day, and he said something to the effect of, uh, you're only able to love others to the capacity that you can love yourself. And understand how much God loves you, your identity in him. So for God to bring us to a ministry and a place in heart that we can meet others and love them as family, we need to do that for each other first, which sometimes is the hardest, <laughs> and for our kids as well. You have to really grow, grow through that. You know, God, it's so awesome that Pastor said it earlier, you know, uh, God God takes us as we are, and he, he goes after us. Um, he knows that we're a work in progress. He's glorified by our testimony. He's not afraid of our bumps and bruises. He's not afraid of our scars. There's nothing we can actually do to make him dirty. And, and mm-hmm. he loves that when we take a step, even if we fall flat, we still take that step. Mm-hmm. And um, we're meant to share our testimony, no matter how dirty it is, so that his glory can be shown through us. You know, one thing that we've noticed developing in Thailand these last five years is that fitness is just taking off. 
In northern Thailand, it's all mountains. A lot of races are coming there, adventure races, marathons, trail runs. Um, Fitness gyms are popping up all over. Uh, People are out cycling everywhere. It's just such a, the fitness community is just thriving right now. And like I said earlier, fitness is a passion of mine, but I never thought of using it to glorify God. Um, And I had a deeper revelation this last couple years that how each of us are unique and we each have special skills and talents that can all be used to glorify God. But we just have to embrace it and not be embarrassed of it or ashamed of it. God will use it. All our skills, talents, giftings are equally important to the things of God. In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says, God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. So every believer should be content with the place within the body God has placed him. And God is pleased when we serve him with joy in every activity or ministry that we engage in for the sake of the body. And I had to realize that my passion for fitness, running races, or working out, um, isn't a secular thing. It was designed by God for such a time as this, to reach a culture, a city, a nation, to lay a foundation for the kingdom. And now, and this is where God has us stepping out into uncharted territory right now and asking a lot for us. And we're stepping out into the marketplace. And what we're doing is we open Project Fit. It's a cross-fitness community. It's a, how many here know what CrossFit is? Okay. So CrossFit is where you, you work out in groups together. Okay, maybe 10 to 15 people. It's not like traditional working out where you're in a gym and just uh, where you're on a treadmill or whatnot. You work out in groups. You encourage one another. It creates its own community, its own culture. Sometimes you might be a flipping a tire over, climbing a rope, or out trail running. It's constantly changing, and it's exciting, and it's, it's just different from what's happening from normal working out. Because I used to be a personal trainer. For four years, I was a personal trainer in a, in a, in a gym in Colorado. And, and CrossFit is exploding worldwide right now. Um, and the great thing about this is the Thai people are very relational. They live life together. And CrossFit creates its own community, its own culture. So it's a natural progression to go deeper into relationships. So we're using this fitness as a tool or avenue to build relationships with Thai people, to share Christ, to make disciples. It's an avenue to evangelize. It's coming in with our guard down. They're seeing us as trainers, as a business owner, not as a missionary. So we can continue to step in and be with them and continue to build those deep relationships without that hidden agenda of just coming in, just loving on them. You know, it's really funny because, well, not, it's kind of not so funny either, but Victoria saw this was my call and my unique gifting and talents to lead this way years ago. In fact, over four years ago, this opportunity was presented to us to start something like this. But at the time, we just, we didn't feel ready and we didn't feel released by God to do this. Um, but God was patient and Victoria was too kind of to have me have that heart encounter with God and just to hear the Lord about to embrace my giftings and my talents and how he's going to use me. And this is what's really awesome is Project Fit has been open now just a few weeks and the community is flourishing. We literally founded this with three other people, myself, another missionary, and then two Thai people. And I feel bad because we're here, but they're over there getting it going. And we started this right as we're leaving for America, but we already have around 40 members. 
there's an excitement brewing. My, my other partner, he, he has, we have shirts that we wear that says Project Fit. He's in a coffee shop, and this guy comes up to him and is like, hey, Project Fit, I've seen that on Facebook. Hey, let me get my picture with you. And they're doing selfies, taking pictures together. As they're over here, as they're talking, the owner of the coffee shop overhears them. He's like, hey, what's going on? What's Project Fit? And he's like, hey, that's just this little gym we have right down here. And all of a sudden, they're coming to the gym now and working out. People are walking by with their kids, taking them to this little English school. And their parents are looking in like, hey, what's this all about? You know, it's new. It's exciting. We have tra- personal trainers from other gyms who are coming and working out. And, and we're asking them, like, what brings you here? And they're like, you know what? This is, looks fun. This looks exciting. This is different. I'm bored with the way I have been working out. I want to join this. Even to the government agencies. Being that's a business, we can get a work permit and a visa through it. And these are the loopholes we're working on right now. So Brandon, my other partner, he is at the immigration office and trying to get his visa extended and realizes we're missing a lot of documents and stuff. So he sends me a message. He's like, bad news. We got we gotta, some hurdles to jump through. But as he's talking with the immigration lady, she's like, I enjoy working out. I go to this gym, but I'm getting bored of it. Can I come to your gym and check it out? And we're like, absolutely. So now we got these people from all these different avenues coming to work out at our gym. So our, we're not alone in this. We have a team there. They're there getting it started. We're here to raise funds to help it get going, the initial investment. But when we return, we're going we're gonna to hit the ground running by planting a community church right at the gym. You know, because we're really focused on breaking down walls and religiosity and joining the sacred to your everyday life. You know, when we say marketplace ministry, it's life in Christ every step of the way. Where you live or work is not separate from where you minister. Amen? Every one of you here has a marketplace. Maybe you're a business owner or you work in a factory or a teacher or... I don't know, but whatever it is, wherever you spend your time the most or wherever you are, that's your marketplace. Ours just happens to be in Thailand. That's where God has us. And yours is here, not just inside the walls of the church. You know, we're doing the same thing everybody could be doing. We're being intentional, building relationships, and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you in those relationships. Billy Graham quoted, the next great move of God is going to be in the marketplace. And this next scripture here out of 2 Corinthians has really been speaking to me a lot through this season. It's 2 Corinthians 5.18 through 20. Let me read it to you. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and has given us, that's you and I, the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it's through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted us, that's you and I, to the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. So to be ambassadors for Christ means that we are as diplomatic agents of the highest rank set, authorized to speak on his behalf. That is you and I, not just, not just me, not just Pastor Bank. No, it's everybody here. You see, marketplace is for everybody, not just inside these four walls. Yeah, we really believe that the Lord um, is prompt, has given us prompting and insight for this um, kingdom blueprint, you know, uh, in, in the marketplace, in the gym. For one, we are opening the gym right in the community where they are already at and doing what they're already doing or want to be doing. Uh, we're not standing on the outside as a ministry or foundation. We're not a satellite 
operation. Uh, we're not standing out there saying, you know, trying to get them to come over and say, hey, our grass is greener. You're doing it wrong. Our way is better. You know, stuff like that. Um, we are learning about them, with them, from them, uh, so that we can know how to reach them. Uh, we build relationships first. Um, we embrace them where they're at, and our passion from Christ for Christ is not separated from our passion for seeing them fit, for seeing them healthy, for why they came to us, you know? Um, we live with them and love, of them, love on them as Christ. Um, we're already in their community without those dividing walls uh, to separate us. Um, it's a fun atmosphere that we have. Uh, we have a healing way of life that they're seeking us for. Uh, we aren't peddling anything. You know, uh, we know that the good news is glorious news. It's not just something like, you know, we share because we know we're supposed to or we have to. Like, we love our life in Christ. And uh, we believe that the supernatural is, isn't is a side, isn't like something special we only do at revival gatherings or, you know, in church. Like, that is a part of our way of life. Um, we, uh, our tool, this tool of the fitness community is formed out of God-given talent. And we believe it's anointed by the revelation that it is a gift. It's a gift to us and it's a gift to others. Uh, we're designed to naturally build relationship with the Thai people uh, or whoever comes our way. Uh, we intend for intentional connection wherever we are and whatever we're doing. You know, there's a scripture in Ezra 7.10. Pastor Banks shared on this when he was in Thailand. And it's just really another one that's really spoke to my heart as we were going in this process. And we can learn from Ezra. He learned it, the word of God. He lived it. He put it into practice in his life. And then he taught it. We don't have to be perfect. God knows your heart. And people can see and feel the presence you carry. And you know what? This, what we're doing right now, started working before we even opened the doors. It originally started off with just three members that were going to, my, myself and the missionary and another Thai business, Christian Thai businessman. As we were discussing and looking at location and how's this business going to work and making sure we got everything legal, a friend of their, a friend of ours who's a non-Christian approached us and he's like, I see where you guys are going. I see the community that CrossFit develops. I see the relationships that it's focusing on. And there's something different with you guys. Can I be part of this? And we're just like, what? We're like, okay. So we laid it out for him. Here's our vision. We're using this as a tool to reach Thai people, to build relationships, to share Christ, to make disciples, and to plant a church. Are you okay with this? And he's like, yeah. In a matter of uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was talking with one of our, our shareholders, Brandon, and Ming came up to him. His name's Ming. And he's like, Brandon, what's this church going to be like, plant that we're doing? And we're like, well, we're going we're gonna to plant it on, uh, we're going to have church on a weeknight. We're going to have a free workout. We're going to bring people in. We're going to barbecue afterwards. We're going to fellowship. We're going to share. We're going to encourage. We're going to share Christ. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, wow, that sounds like fun. Right? He had, he did, he did experience some Christianity. He was with a family in Singapore for a few years where they went to church from 8 a.m. to 12 and then they read the Bible from 12 to 3. And he was just like, that's too much for me. And he's seeing now this is the kingdom of God. This is what it's about. And although we know that with four shareholders, that this isn't a business that will sustain our family, 
But we want this to be and believe that it'll be a self-sustaining business or self-sustaining ministry. One where we train up Thai coaches. We teach them marketplace and relationship building and being intentional. And then we pass it off to them to keep it on going. Yeah, we need the funds to get it started and to get it going, but then it'll keep itself functioning. Our dream is that this will be our first prototype. It'll be planted right in Chiang Rai. And then we want to eventually plant it in other cities throughout Thailand, maybe even other countries, maybe even here in America. I don't know. All I know is I never thought I'd be living in Thailand. Don't ever say never. And then people ask me, are you going to be at the foundation forever? I was like, I can't tell you that because I never thought I'd even be living here. So all I can say is this is the direction we're going now, and I don't know what God has in store for us down the road other than a lot more. So as we mentioned, we'll have a church plant right in the gym. We're partnering with a local interdenominational Thai church to provide a place of worship, of safety, to encourage, pray, make disciples, and teach that the church just isn't inside the four walls. It's out there in the marketplace. It's everywhere. St. Francis of Assisi is quoted to have said, share the gospel always when necessary. Use words. How many here have heard the seven mountains? Pastor Bank came and taught this over in Thailand. And this was a critical moment in my journey, and God knew I needed to hear it. Thank you. Thank you for your obedience and leading us in that. Because this was the critical point where this were catapulted us and like having this aha. It's like this is the direction we're going. But the, the, the seven mountains is church, family, government, business, education, arts, and media. And we are all in one or more of those mountains or spheres. And it's time for us to take those mountains back for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen? Amen? We already have many of those mountains in our gym. We have family, church, business, education. We have doctors, professors, students, teachers, business owners, and now potentially a government worker in our gym and going to be impacted. So, you know, as we have those people in our gym, we reach them, you know, we really believe that our gym will be an epicenter for change, an epicenter for a movement. Um, As they come to us, you know, we have as far as we can reach, but they come and they go and they'll reach more places and more places and more places. And we'll have this culture, uh, this marketplace, the kingdom that we can take step-by-step with with different people in different spheres um, for the kingdom. It's amazing. We let Holy Spirit uh, guide us, try to anyways, really let him guide us in everything we do. Um, Even as we're out and about or in the gym, uh, we can get a word of knowledge and share and not, not be weird about it. You know, like some people can be really odd about it or shy um, and just say, hey, you know, man, I feel like God just wants to let you know he sees you today. Or it can be something really profound. Or it could be something as simple as just saying, hey, you know, you want to go have some coffee and, and chat and see what's going on in your life. People need that connection. And in this technology world, that connection is getting erased more and more and more. And in Thailand, we see it profusely, like the addiction to phones and to internet and, you know, there's just almost no face-to-face. You have to, like, get in between them and their and their phone to, <laughs> to have a connection, you know. And you don't need to wait to be perfect to step out in Christ. You don't need to wait until you know everything or have, like, your, like, saying, your spiel, like, practice perfectly. Because if you wait to know everything or if you wait for everything to be perfect, then you're going to be waiting forever, 
And that's not what God wants us to do. We're not called to be perfect. We're called to be obedient and faithful and to carry the light. Yeah, I signed up for a couple events this fall and I invite others to join me. But I'm more excited now for these because I see how God can use these as opportunities. You know, in athletics, people may get hurt. Or in the gym, someone might get hurt. Or you're running along a race and someone's hurt and you're like, hey, you know what, I'm going to pray for this person. You see them get touched. You see them get healed. And they're like, what just happened? And I was like, I'll tell you what just happened. Jesus just healed you. That's what happened. <laughs> and just bringing that supernatural every, in every area of our life. You know, Jesus did that with the demonized man in Luke 8. He sets him free. This guy is full of demons. Jesus sets him free. And he begs Jesus, Jesus, don't leave me. Let me stay with you. But then listen to this. Jesus sends him away with these instructions. He says, return to your home and family or, and your family and tell them all the wonderful things God has done for you. So the man went away and preached to everyone who would listen about the amazing miracle Jesus had worked in his life. That guy was just set free and Jesus instructs him to go and share and evangelize in his marketplace. How bold is that? I mean, that's what we want to do. That's the environment that we want to be in. It's about being intentional wherever you are. My brother invited us to go on a family vacation with him down to Gulf Shores, Alabama. They rented a beach house. It's beautiful. And I was like, okay, we wrestled with this because we weren't sure if we wanted to go. Because we're like, okay, we got a lot to do and we got people to see and we need to go here. But we just felt like we just needed the rest. We're like, okay, beautiful private beach, beautiful sand, water was amazing. And I look over and there's this guy sitting next to us and, and he comes up and starts a conversation with me. And that's part of the thing, part of my... I don't know, I guess it's a gifting maybe. But I can be with a group of people, and then someone will come up and have a question, but they single me out and come right to me. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I'm so short and they don't feel threatened or what the deal is. <laughs> Seriously, all the time. So this guy, and his name's Guy, he comes up and we start a conversation. We, where are you from? And he's from Mississippi. And he's like, where are you from? Like Thailand. You know, every time you, you do that, people they are just like, whoa, what, what? Did you just say Thailand? I was like, yeah. So we share, and I kind of share what we're doing there. And he's like, that's really cool. So then later that day, Victoria comes up to him, or he comes up to Victoria, and they start a conversation. He starts going deeper with him, um, getting deeper, more about his family and um, things going on in their family. Come to find out, guy has cancer. And Victoria felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray for him. And she's like, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for you right now. Can I pray for you? It's being intentional where you're at. We're on vacation. I'm supposed to be just sitting at the beach with my feet in the sand. So she prays for him. Later that week, we've seen this guy all week long talking with him and he comes up to me on the very last day and he's like jeremy is your i want to talk to your wife i'm like oh okay that's fine uh, she'll be down in a little bit i think and he's like you know she prayed for me at the beginning of the week i was like yeah and he's like this is the best i've felt in six months wow. yeah that's what <laughs> all i said was i praise god god is good isn't he he's like yeah i want to talk to your wife so then she comes down, and I tell Victoria, I was like, guy wants to talk to you. So we go over there to talk with him, and he shared that with us, and he's just like, you know what he wanted? He wanted more prayer. He couldn't get enough. He's like, can I have a second helping? Have a yeah, second helping we're like, absolutely. So both of us are praying for him now, and my sister-in-law, we're just sitting there laying hands on him and praying for him at the beach. It's being intentional wherever you are. Yeah. We, we all need to be intentional with people um, wherever you are. Show them the ministry of reconciliation. You know, that's our privilege. That's our honor. And that's how we choose to live. Um, 
and how we operate in our unique gifts and talents, we want to encourage you all to just pay more attention to what God is saying and what God is doing rather than the status quo, rather than what seems normal or, you know, what this ministry is doing or what that ministry is doing, you know, um, to take it a step further, if I dare, you know, we just, God is always working in us and giving us something more and something more. And right now we're really processing and praying, you know, more through identity, a bigger revelation that God is currently, you know, really walking us through in our identity, in our identity is not to stop at discipleship making, not to stop at just at, at being a disciple, but really pressing in and praying into um, the inheritance and the recognition uh, that we're his descendants. You know, what Christ gave over to us on the cross and how deep that meaning is. Sometimes when we stop at discipleship, it, it remains at a checklist. And so really walking in our inheritance of Christ, um, our identity, our familyship. You know, we love how God grows our family day by day and, you know, trip by trip. Like, it's so cool that we're here with you guys. And, um, I mean, you you guys are a vibrant family that, you know, I love our family in South Dakota. But they don't pray like you guys at the beginning <laughs> of service. And they don't worship quite like you guys either. It is so moving. And um, it's so awesome to see how God gets bigger and bigger and the world gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So we're, we're just so excited to have this opportunity to share with you. And we just pray that God used us to stir your hearts today. Go move, love, do glorious and miraculous things for Christ and the kingdom today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. I don't know. Maybe they came just for me. <laughs>